Welcome to Generation Tech. I am Todd Brinker. I am one generation. I am joined by my dad, Jack, the other generation. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Todd. Yeah, ah. I, finally, I feel a lot of little peace. I, my house has been hectic this morning, as I was explaining to Todd a while ago. <laughs> yeah, busy, busy morning for you. I, for me, it's been a very relaxed morning. Today's the first morning that my wife has to be back teaching or in school. I guess she doesn't have students yet, but it's first day back at, in school. So, uh, so for me, it was like, there's nobody here, me and the dogs. Yeah, well, this is our week to have the grandsons and get them to their things and all of that. So I was really supposed to take them, uh, you know, in about an hour and a half from now, no, an hour from now and have, or the, have them at, at their location. But now your mother's going to do that. So. Uh-huh. She, anyway, and uh, we, we've got uh, some some crazy stuff that's going on in the world. Like we started before we started, we were just talking about DNA and how yeah. people can access DNA. And of all things, they went out in the forest together, and they'd say, "Whose DNA is out there?" <laughs> yeah, well, it's kind of cool what they did. Yeah, it's it's. Um... Uh, researchers from the Globe Institute in the at the University of Copenhagen went out into the forest, out into the woods, and basically have these little vacuum boxes that run and suck the air through a filter out in the woods, and then they could, from that, extract the DNA of animals that had been in the area. And so they could tell you what animals had been near that particular uh, filter trap. Yeah. Um, which immediately got my mind to thinking about all the creepy things that they could do. Like, you know, they could have something like that. Right now, they already have, like, you know, uh, like air systems and stuff near a lot of doors when you go shopping to, like, I think a lot yeah. of it's designed to keep, like, bugs from flying in. But there's nothing saying that they couldn't also then put, like, a little vacuum trap there, and they would know by using your DNA exactly who had come in and out. Or imagine in a crime scene, they go in and they just set up the, the DNA vacuum uh, while they're collecting evidence. And then later on, they go back and they see everybody who was there, right? All of the, the, uh, the, the police and the, and the victims. And, and then, but then there's also DNA from other people who were there. And that yeah. might have been the perpetrator of the crime. You know, you know, it didn't occur to me, though, and I don't think the article mentioned what the the actual particles were because you got to have something physical in order to have DNA on it, which means, you know, maybe a lice off of animals or dust from their skin, uh, you know, just fleck, like yeah, flicking but, for long haired. But all, all animals and all in, in, in humans included, you know, we're dropping uh, skin part particles and, and hair follicles and stuff all the time, you know, but, but you'd think there'd be more from some, the bigger the animal, the more likely yeah, maybe I, you know, I mean, I, I suppose fish don't emit a lot of DNA into the air, uh, but uh, they probably do in the water. You know, I don't know. I don't know how how sensitive this is. Is it? You know, uh, I breathed in the in the room, and that breath had little bits of saliva on it, and so now that the filter can capture the 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 DNA. You know, That's a, or at least if you sneezed, it might. You yeah. know, with force, yeah. it takes some of it out. Or, you know. Yeah, I mean. You know, I know that, that you know if I breathe directly into something, they could they they, they collapse they can collect enough from uh, from that for for a DNA test. But 
but you know, if I just walk through a room, you know, I, I, it, the sensitivity of this is the big question, but it certainly yeah. opens a lot of doors because however sensitive it is, you know, they're going to make it more so, you know, or they can, oh, yeah. you know, if there's a, if there's a, uh, a financial benefit for them doing it, if they think they can sell it for a purpose or a need, then, um, yep. it's going to get better and better and better and creepier and creepier and creepier. Oh. <laughs> you, might have said, you might have said for a spy, spying need, right? That's, yeah. you, that's why you would take it. Otherwise, they would ask, would you please yeah. let me rub your skin here, vacuum? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, no, but like I said, if you're, if you're trying to, to discern if somebody was or wasn't in a location and you were able yeah. to then gather DNA from that location that identified them, that, that's pretty uh, mm-hmm. damning evidence that they were there, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, it's very interesting and it's, you know, it's, it's undoubtedly part of the future at some point, you know, it sounds very sci-fi, but it's part of the future. There was a, um, very dystopian future done movie years ago called Gattaca. Excellent movie if you've never watched it, but it was kind of creepy where, you know, even, uh, you know, sensors and traps were in toilets. So if you went to the bathroom, they would check your DNA. And, oh boy. <laughs> uh, and uh, part of the premise of that story was that most people at that point in time in history were uh, genetically modified and tested to verify that they didn't have any diseases and things like that. And if you were a naturally born person, somebody who, who had not been, uh, you know, uh, modified to be stronger or as strong as at least your genes would allow and, you know, uh, uh, able to defeat many diseases and stuff, that then you were basically a second-class citizen. Um, and yeah. and you were you were sort of treated like an illegal alien or something, you know? Yeah. And, and so they had all these ways of checking to see if there were these undesirable natural-born people around by, you know, using... Uh, testing the air and testing, testing bathrooms and yeah, you know, so you can get creepy right away, real quick with some of this stuff. So, (laughs) you know, if somebody can think it up, then somebody will do it. You know, that's the, yeah. So, so always new technologies coming. Mm -hmm. Here's a technology that's not working great. Apple apparently has admitted that they're working to fix a problem with screen time parental controls. Um, that through the, the family, uh, when you set up your, your uh, family in uh, iOS, parents can set kids' screen time and stuff, and apparently that's not working. It's, it's sort of failing. But from what I understand, it's only an issue if you're doing it basically remotely on your phone, that if you actually go and take your kid's phone and set the, the limits on their phone directly, then it works yeah. just fine. So, um, but a lot of kids or parents are, you know, in fact, I, I, you know, this didn't exist when my kids were, were younger. And so it wasn't a thing for me, but I know, uh, my sister's got some, some younger kids and she does that. She limits their screen time, you know, at certain times at night, it just shuts off and they're not able to, uh, to continue you know, browsing the internet or playing games and things like that. And so, yep. uh, you know, I always thought I didn't do it with my kids. Cause again, mine were right at the cusp of having phones that could do something other than just make a phone call. Um, and when they were younger, 
you they were you know you they were older before they got their phone um, than they mm -hmm. are now for the most part. But it seems to me like in a house with younger kids that there should just be like a basket that you know somewhere in the house, and at a certain time at night, everybody just puts their phones there, you know, with the exception of maybe like one phone that is your air quotes here house phone because most people don't have a landline anymore. Um, but you know, it's just like, okay, all, all devices go in the basket. We're done. You know, now it's time to be human well, beings and talk to each other and look at each other's faces. Well, some families might implement that already. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure some do. Um, but I just think that, you know, that's probably a decision that I, I would support as a parent these days. You know, it's like there, there's time to do that and there's time to not be plugged in and online and, you know, yes. Especially bedtime, be sure your kids get enough sleep so they're not sure all over the place yeah. the next day, you know? Yeah, yeah. You want them to, to say, okay, it's time to, to shut down now. And uh, and part of that wind-down process is let's, let's shut the technology off, you know? Frankly, it yeah. probably, I mean, I know I, I, we, in my house, I don't have kids around anymore, but uh, we tend to have the TV on. You know, if we're home, the TV's probably on. And, you know, whether we're actively watching it or not. And, yep. you know, and it's on even as I go to bed at night, you know. And it's probably not good. I should probably get into the habit of just shutting it off and, and learning to live with the silence and enjoy the silence. And the well, peace. you know, it's not the picture that bothers me. It's just the sound, the noise. Yeah. I, I don't hear very well, so I have hearing aids. And that's not like normal hearing. Right. In the sense that it's always too loud or too quiet, you know, it's mm -hmm. neither, never just right. For me, it's the light and every time it changes, the light changes in the yeah, room. Right. And so it's like yeah. flashing lights in the room, you know, so I should probably just shut the dumb thing off. And sometimes I do. A lot of times I'm tired. I go to sleep and it, you know, it annoys me for a second, but then I drift off. But sometimes the lights are, you know, changing back and forth in the room enough. And it's like, I just got to shut that <laughs> off. It's driving me crazy. Yeah. You know. Uh, your mother's hearing is not what it used to be either. And so I've noticed that lately she runs the TV up at a louder level. And now I, I had got to the point where if it got to, uh, if it was kept at nine higher in terms of numbers, that I could actually lower my hearing aids down to their absolute minimum. And whatever I'm watching on my iPad, I would just have it like electronically transferred by a Bluetooth directly into my uh, ears, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, that would work. But now uh, the background noise is louder that I can't filter it out. I mean, you know. Yeah. Well, I would tell you for people who have the, uh, whatever normal is, normal hearing, yeah. um, your TV listening and, in, and basic sound level in your home has always been... Uh, loud and the last few years it has been really loud yeah as visited yeah. you on occasion you know it's just and that's just a fault of of you know you, you not realizing how loud it is because it's not how you hear it and, and maybe it's damaged uh your mother's uh hears over time because you know she wants it louder than than at nine setting now she's yeah been, she's been up to 11 various times yeah and so it's it's a it's always a a problem when there's two people. Well, that's the problem as I see it wow. with television. If I'm not watching a show, I, I really don't want to even hear it, you know, but I mm -hmm. put up with it, you know, 
But if I'm trying to hear now something else at the same time, what's yeah. really needed for television is individual hearing. Uh, Everybody control. should be wearing hearing aids or, or or Bluetooth earbuds, and you can all adjust the sound to be whatever you want it to be, right? Yeah, and in fact, that's a that's a, a technology that hasn't been out there, but I think that it's really needed. Yeah, well, it should you be an I, option. I don't know that everybody would want it, but it should be an option, right? It's like, yeah. well, especially if you live somewhere where you don't want to make noise to bother neighbors and things like that. If you live in, you know, you know, I mean, if you don't live in an, a single family home, you know, uh, yeah. you've got shared walls and stuff, then, you know, it's just being polite. And if you know that you listen to things loud, it's like, but, but you're right. Like televisions, most, I think most TVs today support like a, a set of Bluetooth headphones, but I don't know that they support multiple sets of Bluetooth headphones that you can each independently, inc you know, increase or decrease the volume for. That's yeah. It has to come through to something so that the individual controls the volume for right. themselves. Uh, but I, I just don't know of any products to, that do that right now, but I'm, mm -hmm. I'm going to be on the alert to think, you know, look for such a thing. Yeah. Because it's, it's just uh, hard to live with lots and lots of noise when, when you're yeah. not, you know, getting anything out of it. Yeah. Yeah, no, and I know. And, and like you, I, I spend uh, a fair amount of the time when I'm sitting in front of a television set, I'm not watching the television. I'm mm -hmm. in the room because that's where my wife is and that's where we're sitting, but I'm, you know, reading something yeah. or, or watching something on my iPad or, you know, or my iPhone or it's, I'm, I'm not interacting with the television very much. You know, yeah. I may be peripherally aware of what's going on on the television, but I, I'm not really watching it. So yeah, yeah. In fact, I found something the other day. There's a uh, just happened to advertise that the background music for a video series called The Chosen. You've heard of The Chosen? Mm-hmm. Uh, now it's it doesn't include any of the of the voices that are you know the actors in the scenes. It's just the background music, and I listened to several. Uh, different sequences of, of the chosen uh, videos. They're, they've been going for a couple of years now, so there's a whole bunch of them. But I found it, it's the first time I've ever listened just to background music that's in, in the videos, because it's just generally not available. Uh, uh, and certain shows have, have had popular music. that Right, but generally the background music isn't particularly interesting. It's designed right. to be background music. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, but but this particular black background music I found to be quite nice, mm -hmm. you know, and it sort of blocked blacked out this other noise that I, that I was trying to not that I didn't want to listen to the verbiage or whatever was going on on the TV, you know, mm -hmm. and so I would just put put this on, and it did it better than than regular songs because I didn't know the music first of all, and so I wasn't really. Uh, and it, listening to it, it was good background music, mm -hmm. <laughs> and it still substituted for other things that were mm -hmm. less. Uh, yeah, it's sort of your your melodic white noise, right? It's there to right. just kind of create sounds that 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 drown out the other atmospheric sounds. So. Yeah. Anyway, I I thought that was kind of odd that somebody had music out like that, mm -hmm. but. but but when I read that it was there, I went to Apple Music immediately just to see. And I searched yeah. for The Chosen, and bingo, there it is. It's funny because most um, uh, movies, 
can you can get a soundtrack album and either some of the songs on the soundtrack album or a secondary release is not like the popular music that they used in the movie, but it is the orchestrated background uh, theme music, you know? And yeah. sometimes that can be very interesting. Sometimes it's incredibly boring. Um, uh, but, uh, you know... Well, anyway... I... You find that there are, like, there are some uh, musicians who do who do orchestration for movies or for plays or things like that that... Uh, like each different character has a different like theme, and when they come into a scene, then you know that sort of you know that theme kind of plays in a variation, and so yeah. you kind of hear these like patterns start to evolve overall in the in the um, in the orchestration. It's, it can be very interesting to listen to. It's a unique yeah. skill set to write that kind of music. Right. Yeah. And, and in fact, what led me to the fact that this music even existed was that I had watched a brief, a 30-minute version of The Chosen. Normally, I think there are 50 minutes or something like that. And, uh, and the 30-minute version, after the, it was over, they started to discuss the production of that mm -hmm. thing, which included a lot of children and stuff. And they first talked about how they got some various shots of them coming, walking across the field and other things. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and, but then they, uh, you, there were three guys involved with making the music mm -hmm. and, and they talked about their experience when somebody called them and said, Hey, how would you like to help score the background for this, mm -hmm. uh, the series? And, and then, then you know, another guy called a friend of his and says, "Hey, you, you know, I need some of your skill sets, and I think it'd be fun to work yeah. together. You want to do this? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So they ended up with three mm -hmm. of them, and they were talking about how they decided and what types of music they have, as yeah. they kind of eliminated the kinds of, mm -hmm. of sounds that they thought might be interesting. It could be very interesting listening to an expert talk about the doing of their job in just about any job." You know, it is. but it particularly is. in things that that I have interest in, you know, so it's like music and technology and things like that. You know, listening to a programmer talk about uh, approaching programming and developing a, a solution to a problem, you know, or a musician, you know, creating that a score and, and how they they came about and, you know, and the, the decisions of what to include and what to not include. Not include yeah. sometimes is just as important as what to include. In fact, that critic was kind of, critical thing was kind of, I think, included in the movie Mozart. Remember the guy who was oh, talking uh -huh. about mm -hmm. how the music was created and just just put him into a trance almost, you know? Yeah. So, uh, t t tell us now who who your favorite uh, pop music critic is that you hear on YouTube. Do you have his name? Oh, the oh, you're talking about the uh, yeah. He's not really <laughs> a critic. He he just he talks about. Um, oh. Uh, the structure and, and creation of music and what he thinks makes it interesting yeah. and not interesting. Right. And, uh, but he's a critic in the sense that he's, but it's a positive thing. Yeah. I, I, I almost, I wouldn't call him a critic so much as a, a, a teacher uh, slash student of, of music, the creation of music, but yeah, it's Rick Beato. Yeah. Rick Beato. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I guess he is, he is a critic in some instances because he does do things like, I mean, he's got a couple different series. They all tie into different things, but like one of them, he's, uh, uh, I just happened to pop up here in front of me, says, you know, the greatest two chord song of all time. And so he'll go through a bunch of songs that are basically two chord songs and explain, you know, 
why he thinks one is better than another and how it keeps going you know, <laughs> up until he picks the one that he thinks is the best one. You know, you know you I don't know. know how he thinks about all these, you know, how he comes up with each of these different uh, um, criteria, but it's interesting. M- mentioning a two-chord song, yesterday I was watching uh, Grand Old Opry, and there was a, a Western artist on that uh, had uh, uh, as a new re- new guy, I guess, recording. I didn't, I don't even remember his name, but he performed his song, and then he was done, and he referred to his playing instead of his singing. He actually had a nice voice and sang mm-hmm. along with this, and a good thing because I think what he had played, if he hit more than one note, I think I missed it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he just rhythm. He had rhythm on this one note, yeah, and it went through the whole song. And I thought, wow, they introduced him as a piano player. Now, come on, guys, you know, yeah, <laughs> you're pulling my leg. This yeah. guy plays piano. He's a yeah. rhythm guy that just happens to bang on one key, you know. Anyway, uh, it, well, but, I thought it was funny because they talked, you know, in in this thing he said the uh, the best two chord songs, and my brain immediately went to the we having just talked about movie themes, the best two note movie theme, dun dun, yeah. <laughs> dun dun, yeah. you know, John Williams. Yeah. I mean, it, talk right. about the the peak of writing scores for movies, right? John Williams is the king of that. I mean, he's just done he, so many amazing yeah. things. Um, yeah, over the years he's and and for certain I think for certain directors and producers he's just like been the go-to guy, you know, and yeah. and he's been and as a result he's also been associated with some some uh, you know like Steven Spiel Spielberg who just makes fantastic movies you know <laughs> so yeah. it's well it's, I, I I really believe that these guys who did the background for the chosen are obviously uh, uh, influenced heavily by John Williams. Mm-hmm. They, they really were. I can't imagine somebody who's doing scores who, ha- who hasn't been, you know, and who doesn't, yeah. who hasn't at least said, okay, if I'm going to do this, let me go study the master, right? And go listen yeah. to some of the stuff that he's done. Um, sure. Yeah. I mean, it just, again, all you have to do is say Jaws, dun, dun, <laughs> dun, dun. <laughs> yeah. Dun, it's, dun. A, it's, it's amazing how, how simple things can get sometimes. I think yeah. most of us, uh, are, if we're asked to do a job, we we get we, way much, way too into the weeds, right? And just looking at it simply, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like it's one of those movies too. You know, you go back. I every once in a while, I go back and watch Jaws, and the tension that is set by just those two notes. Yeah, you know, and and the the accidental genius because if you listen to the making of or anything like that, we've where he's talked about it. Spielberg had intended there to be more shark in it, but because they were having problems with Bruce, which is what they named their mechanical shark, um, he limited it, and it was perfect because you never really saw you know until until the. the apex of the movie all you're seeing is like the fin or the back or some you know uh-huh. you see somebody's face above the water like you know they open the movie with that girl swimming at midnight right out in the in the ocean by herself yeah. you know and you never even see the shark you just by see the, her you know yeah 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 did did you see any hitchcock uh, uh, in that back uh, uh, influence in that movie oh absolutely <laughs> yeah well, you know, Spielberg, he's a student of, of movies. I mean, you know, so, yeah. so you know, he okay. hit the ground running knowing kind of what yep. makes a good movie and what doesn't. So, yeah. 
Yeah, I I, I really enjoy people that uh, master these kinds of things. Yeah, well, and it's fun. Like I said, it's just fun to hear somebody who's a master of doing something talk about doing that. Yeah, you know, it's like I never, I don't have a desire or uh, to to ever go out and and be a director or a producer and make a movie, but I really appreciate good movies, and you know, to hear somebody who's just a master at it talk about his craft. Yep. You know. Is is just fun. It's just yep. fun, mm-hmm. you know. Well, and it's because they enjoy it so much. Yeah, that's they're just excited about it, you know. Yeah, it's just- yeah, it's just their passion. There's a um, uh, a series that I used to like watching, and I think it just started. Or I I just saw it pop up as being recorded again. It's called um, Daryl's House, and it was uh, uh, I don't know if you remember back in the '80s, late seven or late '70s, early '80s, there was a duet, uh, Hall and Oates. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, the lead singer is, uh, Daryl Hall and he has a studio up somewhere in New England, the Boston area, something like that. I'm not sure exactly where it's at, but, um, and he invites other people up to come up and just jam with his band. And they mm-hmm. talk about, you know, they'll like, uh, play each other songs, talk about the songs a little bit and, and, you know, and a little bit of background to how they did it and how they, how they approach music. And it's very interesting because you'll get like, like some guys will come in and go like, you know, Hey, I, I just started learning to play guitar, sitting in my bedroom, listening to a record and trying to duplicate that sound. He says, I can't read music. I can't, you know, and yet they've written hits. And then others mm-hmm. come in and they're like, no, they know the theory, they know everything, they know the the chord progressions, you know, <laughs> and it's just so funny because it takes, I mean, it's it, it, it the spectrum of understanding of the nitty gritty of music, and yet they're all professional musicians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. So uh, Apple shares are up all kind of closing every daily almost. I think the, the seems like keep it popping up. Uh, and then there was one here that you, you had about how, what if you invested it? Well, you skipped uh, one. There was one that was uh, Samsung's boring phone, tablet, and watch updates bode well for Apple, according to Mac Daily News, basically. So apparently the most recent announcements from the Samsung poke folks are what they said that in, in Apple parlance, instead of calling it the Fold 5 and the Flip 5, would have been called the Fold 4S and the Flip 4S because they're fairly minor. You know, there's like a processor bump and and a few things, which, you know, I'm not sure that necessarily bodes well or ill for for Apple, quite frankly. You know, I mean, Samsung's clearly the largest competitor. But, you know, Mm -hmm. when you when you hear the article is posted on a website called Mac Daily News, um, you know, they're biased. Right. (laughs) And and their comment uh, on this information was informed consumers use real iPhones, iPads and Apple watches, not half-assed knockoffs peddled by South Korean dishwasher makers. So, yeah, that kind of sums it up. You know, they're not... There's a very clear bias here uh, against the fine folks at Samsung who make great phones. They really do. Yeah. Um, I know people who have them, and they they have... They, you know, at this point in the game, regardless of how it started, some of the stuff that Samsung does, you know, as an Apple phone user, you go, well, I kind of wish Apple would have something like that. You know, it's... I'm not, you know, that I've not seen a feature that was, you know, amazing enough that I was ready to say, okay, I'm going to replace my Apple phone with a Samsung phone. Well, I'll but, tell you, there's there's a lot of appeal to the design of a flip phone. Mm-hmm. You know, there yeah. just is, and whether you do it perfectly or not, 
it doesn't that matter that much. People sort of said, and I want one of those. You know, yeah. that's that's how well, you and sell that's basically that's basically Samsung's marketing push right now is yeah. you know, if you see one, you're gonna want it. Yeah. You know? Sure. And because uh, it's it's that cool. Um, and Apple has nothing to to combat that. You know, they yep. just they're physically not capable of doing that right now. Um, and from what I've been reading, of course, it's all rumor sites. We'll see when it when we see. Apple doesn't really have anything ready to ship or baked in. You know, at least for the next generation of phone, maybe the generation after that, they will address the flip phone market. But they may yep. or may not. You know, you never know. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, some weird things happen with Apple phones. Like just this morning, I tried to transfer some some photo files I'd taken of, uh, of some people at the church, and uh, it's, it wouldn't transfer to the guy's phone because it says you didn't register your – that phone is not registered to this number, their, their, that mm -hmm. particular phone number. Well, that was the guy's phone number. Later on, he says, well, wait, try this. This is my wife's phone number. Well, after a lot of hassle, I had – gone through with him mm -hmm. i wasn't i was think figuring well it's gonna be the same no it went right through <laughs> yeah well it's funny well, you said that too because i've literally never ever had that i've never had an iphone where where it was like somehow i've you know not registered to that phone number i don't understand you know unless he's got some funky um service provider you know instead of like amazon uh, or well, at&t verizon and and t-mobile you know well, there's an article that I found that I sent to him, or a link to it, uh, that somebody had listed five, six, maybe even seven re ways to do this, and none of it made any sense. But this mm. is what you got to do or try if you, if the first one doesn't work, you know. Mm. And uh, so. Okay, guys, you go. Got shoes on. Anyway, uh, my shoes are on. <laughs> I, I I knew you were going to say something. I'm, yeah, my my door isn't open. Yeah, well, and open. even if even if your door is closed, there you know there's a pretty good sized gap underneath your door, and it's not a, that thick of a door, so <laughs> I can leaving. usually hear what's going on in your living room yeah. or your kitchen or your dining room for They're sure. You're leaving. I know you're leaving. And I want this open so the dog can come in here. Oh, okay. And we want it closed because we don't want to hear you guys talking in the middle of our podcast. <laughs> and she doesn't hear you at all. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. Uh, Again, anyway. home, home offices, right? That's yep. life. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, well, it's interesting that you ran into that. You know, it's something that uh, uh, maybe we'll talk about. You know, if you share the article, we can talk about it more at a you know another time. But uh, but well, if it's but, well, if it's not something you can learn from and understand why it happened, but according to the guy who wrote the article, a lot of this is this doesn't make any sense. But try it. And it it's know, like it, yeah, it we works, have no idea, but occasionally you know? this happens. That's funny. Yeah, it's, you know, the, you, you hate it when the answer is sort of like, okay, try this voodoo and see what happens, you know? I mean, I'm in this for learning myself, you know? I yeah. like to say there's a reason for everything. Yeah, it's like, and, okay, uh, this is what happened, here's how we fix it. As opposed to, well, try one of these assorted things and see what happens. Yeah, and, and I look at somebody when they say that and say, why? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What is that supposed to do? What is it I'm resetting? What is it that you think that's going to do? that solves the problem. You know, give me a little more information rather than just say, I don't know, it worked for me. Because yeah. too often those kinds of things are... Uh, Waste of time. <laughs> well, yeah, well, and they were, they were, you know, 
you, they were told to you based on circumstantial evidence that something sort of, you know, maybe uh, a coincidence happened for them and it happened, you know, yeah. they, that what actually solved the problem may have not been what they're telling you to do at all, but they happened to be doing that when the problem was resolved, right? Right. And so... You know, and and it's such a complex system anymore. It's like sometimes the problem is the the devices. Sometimes the problem is the service provider in between. You know, and it's hard to discern the difference, especially for non-technical people or people who don't have the right tool set to to check that stuff. Yeah. Uh, it could just be maddening. But uh, re regardless of how maddening it is, the iPhone still is dominating with 55% share of U.S. smartphone market. Yeah, yeah. So. You know, but just after I came from a very upsetting circumstance for, with Apple phones, <laughs> yeah. then, I, then I read that, you know. Yeah. So the question is, is that, you know, there are still um, uh, rumors going around in, in Washington about things that, you know, limits that people want to put on iPhones and, and you know, rules about iPhone. The fact there's a lawsuit still pending uh, about Apple's, you know, demands that, that uh, people who post apps on their app store use their payment systems. And, uh, and you know, are they or are they not a, a um, monopoly within their ecosystem well within their own ecosystem they're clearly a monopoly but even at 55 percent they're nowhere near a monopoly in the phone system so yeah. so at what point you know do, do you have really any way to legally say we're going to you know quell your monopoly powers because you're not a monopoly yeah you know yeah. i guess it really define it depends on how they end up defining monopoly right within the apple ecosystem they are certainly a monopoly yeah, but that's yeah. that's generally not how monopolies are defined, you know. I mean, every company is a total monopoly within their own organization. Walmart, you know, you can't just go into a Walmart and say I'm I don't want to pay through the Walmart payment system to pay for something I picked up off a shelf in Walmart. So, yeah. you know, they have yeah. a monopoly on how you buy things in their stores. That's right. You know, and I'm sure that's the attitude that Apple takes is like, well, why wouldn't we have a monopoly on how you buy things through our stores? If you don't want to buy it in our store, go somewhere else, uh, you know, buy a different phone and then you can buy it from other places. Yep. So anyway, we I don't uh, know. It is what it is. Yeah. Be interesting to see how that all plays out. But uh, but clearly they're. Um, their numbers are pretty high. I don't know if you look if you look a little bit further down in that article. There's a chart that shows that in the fourth quarter of 2022 they were actually at 57 percent, and then first quarter of this year they went down to 52 percent, and the second quarter they went back up to 55 percent. So they're hovering yeah. just a smidge over half the phones in the U.S. But uh, with Samsung in second place somewhere in the 20 to 25 percent range I, I don't quite understand these charts in fact I'm not even sure I believe them because the number people don't just switch back and forth that much I don't think in well you know quarter, new, quarter new phones quarter. being buying and there there are people who you know well well it's like people don't switch from quarter to quarter but if if you know there's a percentage of the market that every quarter is buying new phones, right? There's people buying new phones. And, yeah. you know, if you're a dedicated Apple person, you wait to buy your phone in the fall because that's when the new ones come out. But if you're yeah. not, you buy it when you need a new phone. And, 
you know, and uh, there's a lot of people who just walk into their to their Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile store and say, you know, what's the best deal on a phone? Yeah. And they don't care. And they don't use any of the features that allow the phone to talk to their laptop and, and they don't have an Apple TV that they need the remote for. or you know. And so they don't care if it's an Apple phone or a Samsung or a Motorola or a Google phone. You know, They just want a phone and they want a yeah. cheap phone. And that's still there's a, still a good chunk of the market that believes that. And then there's always also those people who are like, I don't like Apple because they're insert problem, you know, whether it's their politics or their dominance yeah. or whatever. And so they're just absolutely not going to buy Apple. They actively want something different. You well, know? we're, we're, we're in a world now of everybody's uh, wanting to be a victim of something or other so that, uh, you, you, you give up your favorite beer just for the cause, right? <laughs> well, if your favorite beer was Bud Light, then you've got bigger <laughs> problems, buddy. <laughs> I, they should have called it Blight. <laughs> you know, doesn't that well, just fit Bud well, Light? Blight? It's it's funny because I um, you know, it uh, when that was coming out, I was talking with a family member, and they were like, you know, um. Are you, you know, are you going to give up Bud Light? And I was like, I never drank Bud Light. <laughs> you, <laughs> if somebody brought Bud Light to my house, I would use that to cook with before I would drink. <laughs> I just, I, I have not been a fan of Bud Light, and I don't particularly like Bud either, frankly. Well, but that's well, just me. I'm, I'm a beer snob, and that's you know. Yeah. Anyway, today I'm just thinking how that ought to sell a few cozies just to hide the can because yeah, the blight. You, you, yeah, or, you don't want to be seen drinking who, your Bud Light, even though you're not going to give it up, right? Right. There's yeah. probably a few of those. Yeah, I tell you what, you know, politics is the dumbest reason to make a a food choice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's lots of food choices, but politics has got to be one of the dumbest reasons to make a food choice. Yeah. But, you know, everybody, it's a free country. People can do what they want. But yep. Yeah, uh, and it just carries on and on, you know, from one product to another, it seems like it's... Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like... Not just... <laughs> It's like, crap, I can't even go to the grocery store and buy what I want anymore without making political statements. And it's like, I just right. want to buy my groceries. <laughs> I just want to buy my groceries. Yeah. Anyway. So, um, so the meta rival to what was Twitter, which is now X, <laughs> it's getting very complex to tr even talk about this stuff, called yeah. Threads. Uh, there was like all kinds of news about how they signed up just millions of people right after it went. And then a few, few weeks after it launched, now they're saying, well, about half of those people logged in, said, Ooh, cool. And then never came back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they said they had a little over a hundred million people sign up. I'll tell you what though. Um, you know, if, if you got a hundred million sign up and half of them go away, you still have 50 million people signed up, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's not like that's a small number, um, you know, and quite frankly, it wasn't terribly surprising because, you know, if there's a company that's got the infrastructure and the ability to, you know, handle a hundred million people signing up on a system and not have it all just crash and crumble under the weight of, of that, it's, it's, you know, Facebook slash meta. Right. And so yeah. uh, I'm not surprised that they said, well, you know, if you're not happy with what's going on over at Twitter, we'll give you an alternate, uh, an alternative, um, you know, text based well, system. So I, I don't know. I, I, I've become one of those who tried out some social media for a while 
and then just bailed on I think two different systems over yeah. time and and uh, if they even hint at being a social media thing and I don't even look at them. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I mean, uh, yeah, we're probably not the best people to be talking about this because I similarly don't actively use any social media. And in fact, um, I was, you know, because of just who I am, I've logged in and created accounts and tried stuff real early. When something comes out, I'll give it a try and look at it. Yeah. But and so I have accounts in lots of places. Uh, in, in, but they're pretty much abandoned for the most part because I don't, I'm not a fan of social media. I understand the value if you happen to be a, um, a marketer, you know, there's a nice, easy way to reach lots of people. Or if you're trying to get out information about your organization or, or something like that, then, then yeah, it probably makes sense to have some, some presence in social media and do things like that because you can reach lots of people very inexpensively. But, um, you know, for well, me personally to just go out and do it. I mean, I have no desire to tell everybody what I'm having for lunch and, you know, what the color of my poo was yesterday, you know, and it's just, I mean, there's just way too yeah. much personal information that I don't care, you know. I don't want to hear. Yeah, I don't want to hear a lot of what people are, are posting out there about what they're doing today or what they did yesterday. And, and I certainly don't want to share what I did or where I, you know. The, I mean, I have family members that are very much into that. And at one point I told one of us, like, don't be posting where we are. I don't want people knowing that I'm, I'm sitting in this restaurant right now. You know, I, 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 you know, not that I necessarily have anybody who's stalking me or anything, but I like. Let's not make it easy for them, <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know. Yeah, I was just reading in a magazine today where somebody has said they they figured out what happened to Jimmy Hoffa. I don't even know, think most people know who Jimmy Hoffa is anymore. Yeah, probably not. It's old news. I think but, that's that's been the the premise of several movies and several like TV specials. You know, the, the secrets. Mob yeah. secrets, where Jimmy Hoffa's buried. Yeah, but the big one uh, just recently, uh, uh, in terms of uh, old thing ha happenings from the past, is the uh, the uh, uh, graveyards of, of black folks. Lots of them, and apparently, some lady has said, said there's at least seventeen uh, big known black graveyards that have been paved over you know they they said they would move them uh -huh. they told the people at the time that they were doing the work but uh but then they did they didn't move yeah that's terrible move. and so now they're out there with a, a underground radar uh -huh. looking and finding these things all over under parking lots and in build under buildings and who, who knows you know it's just yeah sickening it really is you know it's like it, the the it, Corporations that are run like that, that have that kind of ethics, the people running those places, you know, they belong yeah. behind bars. That's just terrible, you know. And unfortunately, what probably ends up happening is somebody will get, you know, a fine or something. And probably not even the individuals making the decisions. The corporation will get the fine and then they'll move on. It's just, it's, I can't believe that that kind of stuff happens, but you know it does. Yeah, yeah. So, you know it does, but but the lady who keeps track of these says there's literally hundreds of the of graveyards all over the world like that, and they're not all black. You know, right? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot just, of indigenous peoples that that have you know burial grounds that that you know they 
pave over if the property is seen to have value. That that's the problem with private graveyards. Even wealthy people, their their home gets torn down someplace, and nobody mm-hmm. wants to move the graves because that's a big deal, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, it it happens to people. Yeah. You know, you know, and I can see because there's a lot of emotional ties to that stuff. Me personally, I look at it as, I mean, like if, if, if I were buried somewhere and they built a parking lot on top of me, I would go, I don't care because what's left there isn't me, you know? Yeah. And so I don't care, but I understand that some people do and that yeah. that's a very emotional thing for them, you know? Yeah. You know, um, but, you know. It's, it's, it's either way, clearly the, the act of, of telling somebody we're going to move them and then not doing that has yeah. got to be illegal on some level. Got to yep. be. So to get back to tech, uh, <laughs> I thought this was just funny. Uh, Apple CEO Tim Cook was initially denied when he applied for an Apple card. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. So apparently it wasn't a credit issue. It was that they actually maintain a list of people who are really, really popular or well-known. And those people are very much more likely to be targets of fraud. And so uh, a lot of uh, card issuing places will deny them. And then probably, it's not like they can't get the card. Most cases, they probably just have to go through a more in-depth thing to prove that they are who they are rather than somebody pretending to be them right i would imagine you know this probably is something that people who are in you know well-known in hollywood and stuff have to go through as well or well-known musicians um and it's just you know a pain of being somebody who's well-known is that you're a target and so they're going to make sure that they uh um are talking to the person who claims to be the person they are right how about the how about the poor person who happens to have a name that's the same as a as a famous? Oh, yeah, that can you imagine? Can you imagine? Yeah. Although when you're applying for credit, you're usually using you know other identifying information right. um, that probably doesn't match that person, so they can find that you're some you know you're you're a different Tim Apple. Um. Tim Apple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Apparently, Goldman Sachs uh, ultimately made an exception to Grant Cook a card, according to uh, this article. But I suspect that it wasn't like they made an exception specifically for him. They probably have a separate process for high-profile people. And once they verified that the person who was doing this online application really was the Tim Cook that that owns or that owns that uh, you know runs Apple, then they went, "Oh yeah, 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 you're good." You know? Yeah. Well, it was several bins that he fit into, you know. Yeah. And that, that's what happens in, a, in the binned world, you know. If you get thrown in the wrong bin for some reason, well, you, you can have all kinds of problems and not know why. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and it just, you know, it's just an extra hassle for you if you happen to fall into one of those bins, right? If you happen to be named Osama Bin Laden... <laughs> It's hard. It's hard to get on an airplane sometimes. Um, although I suspect these days that's not such a problem since the other one's not around anymore. Uh, so it looks like Meta, Microsoft, TomTom, and Amazon have all decided that they want to get together and get into the mapping business because darn Google and Apple have all of that right now. Uh, and I'm like, oh, okay. I actually pay for the TomTom app separately because. Um, 
on your phone because when you're traveling somewhere, TomTom, like I downloaded the Western States map physically onto my device so that I don't have to have web access to use that map. And I have used that. I traveled over to the Grand Canyon not too long ago, and there's places out there in the desert where you have no uh, Wi-Fi. And as long as you, like if I use Apple Maps and I, and I map or Google Maps and I map my way there, as long as I keep the app, you know, the map app running, I'm, it's fine. But if I shut the map app off and then try to, you know, then say, okay, let's continue on the journey, it yep. then has to re-download the, the map. Right. And if you don't have Wi-Fi, you're out of luck. And so uh, I just figured, you know, it's it's handy enough when you, especially in the western states. I can imagine when you live, you know, back on the eastern states where, you know, it's higher population density most places compared to out west. Yeah. That um, that there's probably better coverage and you probably have, have signal most places. But there's lots of places out here in the West where you can drive and suddenly there's just no signal because, you know, nobody lives for 50 miles in any direction. So there's no cell towers out here. Um, I know that like in some of the national parks on your way in, they have signage up saying, don't rely on the map on your phone. Um, but I know that there are some specific mapping apps that are, are, are designed for like hikers that do the same thing where they download because the GPS uh, radio in your phone works fine without cell t- stuff, but it can't put you in location on a map if it doesn't have the map. And so some of these apps are, you know, will download topographical information, things like that, and just have it on your phone. And uh, it's important that you think ahead and do that if you're, if you're going to be traveling to those areas. Yep. Yeah. So. Uh, well, it doesn't surprise me that especially people like Tom Tom, who kind of invented the maps businesses, seems seems to me like. Yeah. They were out there before anybody else. Was yeah. Well, that's why I thought product, it was kind of you know? weird because they already have a mapping product that's available and you can purchase it. Um, uh, but apparently, they're in some sort of partnership with these other guys to put more. Oh, they're talking about a large data set. Um, that these other guys have collected, including points of interest and things like that, restaurants and landmarks and things that they're going to use to sort of populate it. Um, uh-huh. I wonder if that means that the TomTom Tom app is just going to get the benefit of all that information and it'll be there and then they share. Well, that's 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 what it has to be because that's yeah. what this what they have. That's, well, that's the what alter- they do. well, the alternative would be there's going to be some new app that they're going to sell that has all that stuff together. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. And so, uh, well, the, the real question about all of this is how are they going to market it? Yeah. You know, what, what is it? Do I have to buy a new thing for a thing? And I already have an Apple phone or an Amazon phone. Probably not, you know? Yeah. Well, they said it's, this is called overture and it's only offering underlying map data, leaving it up to companies to build better software on top of it. So that tells me that, yeah, that TomTom app is probably going to integrate all this stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. So my TomTom app is about to get much better. Or, more likely, TomTom's going to say, hey, we have new TomTom point 3.4, and if you want that, you have to pay us again. <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, yeah. Or, hey, here's a new feature, and you can upgrade to this new feature for only a small, phenomenal fee. Yeah. Anyway, it's, uh, it's good to have competition. And, yeah. uh, and in fact... Uh, 
I still keep both Apple and Google Maps on. I usually use Apple Maps because mm -hmm. it's better integrated with everything else I got. Yeah. Uh, but if if uh, if for some reason I really want to know something and Apple doesn't didn't do that particular detail well right. at all or at all, you know, like labels of buildings, they're mm -hmm. way behind Google on having every building that you can see in the world labeled. Right. I'm not saying Google has them all, but they got more. Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah, you're trying to find a specific place and want to see which building it is, then they've got the better data set. So, yeah, my uh, some of my family use Waze as their primary one, which is owned by Google. And Waze's claim to fame, at least early on, was that they, the app basically sent your location back to a database and you could see where other Wazers were. And so their traffic information, their time to get places was much more accurate. So mm -hmm. it didn't... Um, uh, you know, it supposedly didn't identify you specifically, but it allowed you to, because they were using the uh, everybody else who was using Waze to kind of get a feel for what was really going on on traffic, then they didn't rely on on traffic sensors in freeways. And, and, and obviously there's, you know, a lot of side streets and stuff where there was no traffic sensors. And so Waze had a habit of sometimes sending you down weird little side streets and stuff uh, because they could see there was no traffic over there. Um, that said... Mm -hmm. When Google bought them, that data or that technology or that capability was integrated into do, into Google Maps, and Apple built that into Apple Maps a long time ago. And so um, uh, I quit using Waze, but several of my family members, they remember me saying that, and so that's all they use. They've never switched back. <laughs> and, so, and, so, and I've tried to explain that to uh, her, and, and she says... I like this one better. And I'm like, okay, fine. Then that's the one you use. So, yep. but I don't think it's any really more accurate in terms of like your traffic. Uh, you know. Yep. So, well, but that's another feature that requires an internet connection because you have to be able to uh, send your location in and then get the location and, and direction and speed of, of other devices moving in other directions, right? Or, or in your direction, more likely, and so that you can see what the actual time to get places are. So um, we had mentioned it earlier, but uh, Apple uh, has updated the Twitter app on your phone, so it is no longer Twitter. It is now X, which is interesting because they had a previous rule that when you set, put your app in for, um, for uh, verification Sale. through Apple, yeah. that Apple would not allow single-letter names for any apps. But well, they could have, they just could have called it Apple X Space. So, well, it's not Apple's app. It's it's Elon Musk's app, right? Well, it used to be called Twitter. Yeah, I'll just tell them that you have to hit the space bar after it if you want to oh, use it. Oh, I see what you said. It was X Space. Got you. Right. Um, yeah, no, they could have done something like that. Or I, I think that he probably just push the buttons and you know apple says everybody gets treated the same in app review but clearly they don't you know big companies get treated differently and they should they, well the art the article went on though to say that there's now all the 26 letters and uh, number characters and special special characters there's probably 120 some of those i think yeah, whatever's in unicode right you can that, do a cyrillic c <laughs> yeah that, 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 that people will want those things now and then uh, they, they'll charge them a premium for them or something, you know? Yeah, maybe. 
Yeah, they'll say, okay, well, there's a deal. We did let, you know, Elon put out X. Well, the other thing is, is that Apple doesn't have any rules about apps being named the same. So somebody else can put in an app called X, theoretically, right? I mean, oh, is that right? Yeah, when you go searching, there's lots of apps that are have the same name in there, you know? Oh, well, there'll be lots of Xs then, won't there? Yeah, no, there won't, because he got special treatment, and, and that's just a lot. <laughs> that's, you know, that's... Special deal just for yeah. you. You know, you you don't think Microsoft and and uh, and uh, Adobe with Photoshop and you know they want to get along. You know, well, Facebook, these companies that that Apple really you know people would not want an Apple phone if they couldn't have access to to Facebook on it. I don't think mm -hmm. that if if Apple c kicked Facebook out of their store and said you cannot get to Facebook anymore unless you just go through the web or something. Do you think that I think they would lose users? People would go, well, you know what? Then I'm going to switch to Samsung, Samsung, or something, you know, <laughs> and I think they would, but they would, you know, therapy. Oh, I yeah. mean, it's 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 the That's... apps, in a sense, are more important than the platform. Now, oh. the platform is important in that, you know, how well is it, does it work? Is it smooth? Is it easy? Does it integrate with other things? I mean, there's lots of advantages to the Apple ecosystem, and that's why I like it, and that's why I use it. But but if there were some apps that I absolutely needed to use on a daily basis and flat out did not exist or Apple took them away from me, mm -hmm. I would consider going to a different platform because, you know, that's that's important too. Yep. You know, I know some developers have complained that Apple doesn't seem to get that sometimes, that the apps are important too. <laughs> you know, there's been there's been some complaints from Apple developers saying that you know Apple tends to treat them as if it's a privilege to be on the platform, and they're like, but you know, I think there's probably not a lot of apps that really do have the power to pull people away, but some of them, some some do, you know. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a fan of social media, but there are people who live on Facebook, and if Facebook disappeared on on the Apple phone, there are people who would go well. Which phone do I need to buy? Because that's the one I want. Yeah, you know, yeah. um, you know, and there there are a few. There you know, probably a handful, but there but there are a few apps that are like that. Now that doesn't mean that there wouldn't quickly spring up a bunch of alternate, you know, apps that do the same thing, right? Yep. I mean, I think that Pe would Pe that's real clear. People out there are up there, out there to make a buck. Yeah, I mean it's real clear. You know, there's people who don't like what Elon Musk has done with Twitter or X, and you know, there's Threads and Blue Sky and and uh, uh, what's the one that all the tech people use? It's um, I'm blanking on it. Uh, it's the federated one that's got its own separate servers and you know. Oh, I know what you mean. It's, it keeps track of people. It's a Twitter replacement. Mastodon is the one that oh. lots of techie people are using as Mastodon. Oh, okay. uh, But, uh, you know, we'll see. So uh, next thing up is Apple plans to reduce the size of iPad bezels, just like they're planning to do on the iPhone 15 and have been doing for quite a while on iPhones. I have some concerns. In I fact, do, too. I'm you got to hold on to it somehow. Right. And I'm concerned about, I mean, I was mentioned, I think, last week. I have a lot of issues with um, the iPhone as it exists today. Um, I 
you know, we'll just, I'm looking, I look down at it and all of my icons are wiggling because I've got it in edit mode somehow. And yeah. I have literally taken like my messages app and inadvertently dragged it into a folder somewhere and then had no idea where it was and had to go look around for it to find the stupid thing because it just happens in my pocket or, or while I'm holding my phone in my hand. And so if they're going to make the bezels smaller and smaller and disappear them completely, then they need to come up with some issues, some, some ways to, you know, lock that. Some some yeah. something that makes it a little harder for me to to edit my screen because right now it's too easy to edit my screen and I'm doing it, you know, without knowing it. Yeah. And so you know, how do you you know, you click it, you end up clicking a lot of stuff <laughs> that you didn't intend to. I pick up my phone sometimes from the top, and when I and if I'm reading an article and you tap at the top, it automatically takes you back to the top of the article. Well, sometimes I'm have to scroll down, you know, pages to find out where I was. And right. it's happened to I, me on, you know, multiple times on one article. It irritates the bejeebies out of me. Me too. I I just did that a couple times yesterday. Yeah. Just made me upset. And it's like, you know what? And I was almost to the bottom. I, was, I knew I yeah. was near the end. Yeah. Yeah. You're almost wrapping this thing up, you know, but you want to finish the article. And now suddenly you're at the top again. And you got to scroll down, especially on the phone. You know, the iPad, it's bad. But on the phone, it's even worse because you have to scroll more because it's such a narrow device. Yeah. And uh, it's just, it's really irritating. And and by getting rid of more, you know, by making the bezels even thinner or, or non-existent, I see that as becoming nothing more than, you know, a more and more problems unless they also address that inadvertent touching of the edges, you know? Yeah. So Irritation. anyway, uh, Apple is getting, uh, trying to control their own people in the, uh, from leaks and who knows what about certain things related to their newest product. And uh, that's uh, becoming, as I said, like a military. Oops. Well, yeah, except that you skipped about four stories to get there, but okay. I did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there was one about the Aura Ring, and then there was one about, oh. uh, uh, well, we already talked about the, the bezels. Uh, there was uh, uh, Ultra 2 and nine Series 9 rumor. And then I also just deleted one because I clicked on the X because why not? <laughs> okay. Which is irritating. But that doesn't matter. We'll talk about what you want to talk about. The um, the, the new uh, computer. Yeah, well, the developer, the developer kit for the Vision, OS, uh, uh, Vision Pro. And Apple yeah. has been very, very specific. In fact, if in fact, there's been a lot of talk in the in the in the tech press about this particular uh, uh, non-disclosure agreement. Like it, they're they're now getting ready to ship out um, uh, the um, developers kit for that. Yeah. Right. And if you get a developers kit, you have to. It, it will be sent to you in basically a locked Pelican case. The locked Pelican yeah. case is never supposed to be away from your person unless it's also locked into a room that only you have access to. Neither uh, Only you and your approved developers may see the device at all. Everybody else, including family members and, uh, and friends, are not allowed to even see the device. 
The room that it is stored in must be locked and accessible only by you. It cannot have any windows. It cannot have glass ceilings, walls, floors. (laughs) And, And a lot of people are like, what the heck, man? I don't have, you know, I don't have a giant safe that I can stick a Pelican box in. I, you know, my office has a window on it. You know, what, where am I supposed to put this thing? How am I supposed to comply? You know, am I supposed to walk around with it like handcuffed to my wrist on my person at all times? This is getting ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, especially for a product that Apple, you know, not only introduced to the world, but like let all of the press put on their face and use already. Yeah. So it seems a little, little overboard. Anyway, I thought I read this article earlier, but I'm in it now on my computer, and I can't get past it because I'm not a subscriber to Fortune. <laughs> uh-huh. I got I got locked out. That's unfortunate. R R R. Yeah. Anyway. So. Yeah. So anyway, I've I've read several things about the developers kit, and it's it's a little um, it's a little over the top the rules, but you know I understand them. Especially they don't want people like – like when they did developer's kit, when they went to the M1, there was a, 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 a an Apple Silicon developer's kit. They, uh-huh. I, nobody talked about it being this restrictive, but they did have restrictions saying you're not allowed to publish like, uh, you know, uh, speed tests or anything like that. We don't want you, you know – because this is not a release product. And so we don't want yep. you – you know, we don't want information coming out and then people are going to go, oh, it's not any good. Yep. And and they're going, but that isn't the product. That's just a way for you to test your software. It's not, you know. Yeah. And so I understand Apple trying to protect that, but it was a um, little, little funny. Yeah. yeah. So. The, the next one is something that I might want. What's that? It has to be a, happens to be a power supply. Oh, yeah. This is the, uh, they said it's the world's first Apple certified charger. Yeah, six in one. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And this phone on here, even though it's in portrait mode, uh, mode I'm assuming is attached magnetically. It uh-huh. can go to either mode. But right. other, other than that, this looks just like what I currently have, except it doesn't have a place for those plugs on the bottom there. Yeah, the the other three things that are plugged in. Right. Um, one of them's an iPad. One of them's a Mac. I don't know what the third thing is. The white thing. Is that just an external battery that they're charging up? It must be, or it's a small iPad. Yeah, but it doesn't really have a screen on it. It's all white, unless it's face down. But why would they lay it face down? I don't know. Maybe it's a battery pack, too. Yeah, that's what I think it is. Oh, oh, you know what it is? It's probably supposed to be the battery pack that goes to your Vision Pro, right? (laughs) Ah, could be. Because you got to charge that up. But anyway, I, I was thinking about this. The one thing that's downside is I still have... By my bedside, my old uh, USB one cords that plugs into a 32-bit connector to go to my uh, an iPod uh, with a hard drive in it and uh-huh. and one with a solid-state drive in right. it with the screen. Yeah, and that's and the I, old 32-pin dock connector, right? It's not even the Lightning connector. That's right, and I can't plug that in here anywhere i'm sure they're not going to have a usb one it's all it's all uh um it looks like if you look at it if you look at the three plugs that are coming out of the dock the one that goes to the whatever that white thing is looks like a wider plug like that is a usb a connector as opposed to a usb c connector 
by golly, I think you were right. Kind of looks like it. Um, that said, there are, for power only, not for data, but for power, there are USB-A to USB-C adapters so that you could plug your USB-A into the adapter and it has USB-C on the other end and it would then put power into the USB-A. Yeah. Yeah, in so. fact, if you scroll down look further down, there's a video and on the still of the video, before it goes, you can see the slots and there's two C slots and one USB-A slot there. So that would work for you. Hmm. Well, I can't stop the video. Oh, I didn't even play the video. Do you have your setup to autoplay videos? I, I turned that off on my... Wow. Okay, but, but I just realized something. This thing, they say it's going to retail for 179 but you can get it earlier for 154 This is a Kickstarter. It doesn't even exist yet. And they're expecting deliveries to begin in October of 2023. Well, I, I clicked on something and I got myself on looking on for a new atlas.com i don't know what it is huh that's weird well new atlas.com is a news page yeah but well, this, like... this article is talking about a kickstarter for this device so this device is not something that you could go and buy and have you know tonight sitting in your house oh okay uh, where how far along they are in the kickstarter campaign and whether or not they're actually i mean if they're planning to ship it in in october you got to think they're already in production, if not in large-scale production, at least in, in preliminary, con you know, so. But yeah. then how do they know it's it's uh, a an Apple-certified charging station? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe the, the, oh. well, I got it. Yeah, that just the way Apple normally says you can right. use my... Our you know. tech, yeah, yeah, it's okay. So it's and and they're not saying it's the first Apple certified fast charging station, although that's what's highlighted. It's the first one that accommodates six devices. Ah, oh, yeah. There's the key because there are a lot of MiFi, you know, uh, certified Apple certified charging devices out there in the market. Yep, that's what it is. So yeah, well, if you need six things to charge. You know, um, I would say it would be a probably a pretty good travel thing, travel stand, except that it looks like the parts that pop up that hold the watch and the and the uh, phone look pretty solid. Yeah, they don't look like they fold down, so it doesn't pack away very well. No. Hmm. Well, anyway, but if it fits, if it fits what you need, then it you know it's it's like you know if it's the perfect solution for your problem, then it probably makes sense, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, each individual's got to look at it and say, does that make sense for me? Like right now, I charge my phone next to my bed, and then I've got a, a watch charger. Actually, yeah. I have two watch chargers because one of them I use to charge my um, uh, headphones. Because the headphones, the, the Series 2 Pro headphones can go on a Qi charger or on the watch charger. And I had an extra watch charger handy, handy, so I just plugged it in and set it there next to the bed. Series two headphones. What is yeah? What so Apple Pro, uh, the Apple Pro uh, AirPod Pros. There's a version one, and then they came out with a version two of the AirPod Pros. I have the version two, which has a oh. um, a magnet. I mean, the, the, they were both able to sit on a Qi charger, but the Series two case also has magnets on it, so that it clicks into the MagSafe chargers or oh. onto the headphone charger or the watch charger. 
So, Whoa. and okay. since I had an extra watch charger, and I like the the certainty of it clicking into sp into the place. I don't like sitting it on a Qi charger, and I guess plugging it in is still probably the best way to charge it. But it that you know it's easier to just set it on something. Yeah, I, I like it when the magnet grabs it. Yeah. And so, so my, my phone has a magnet that grabs it, my, uh, my watch has a magnet that grabs it, and my AirPods have a magnet that grabs it. I've got those three things sitting, you know, bedside. Yeah. I was wondering if this one that the phone hooks onto is uh, if you can rotate it. It looks like it. I mean, it looks like it's square, but it looks like you could set it horizontally or vertically on there. Yeah. Um, I know I can with, with mine. Um, that said, well, the one that I have in my bedroom, the, the part that it attaches to is round, but I do have a travel one and that one is more squared off and I can put it on there horizontally or vertically. Yeah. Uh, you'd never probably be able to put it on an angle though, huh? I don't know that you could on the square ones like that on the round one. I could put it at any angle I want. Yeah. You know. Any, anyhow, <laughs> although I don't know, maybe maybe it's the little touch of OCDness. I I want it perfectly vertical or perfectly horizontal. If it's off a little bit, it bothers me. <laughs> I, I'll straighten it sometimes you're, at night. You're, you're the guy who runs around adjusting the pictures, huh? Yeah, well, you know, when they're crooked, they're crooked. Uh, okay. Well, let's see what else we got. Twitter gets its X. We already talked about that. Uh, uh, there's an article about uh, 11 AI-powered apps that are actually useful. And looking at the list, I would debate the usefulness, but okay. <laughs> uh, you know, chat GPT is one of them. And I'm like, okay, but useful for what? For I mean, I know there are some kids who like to use it to try to write papers for them. Um, and a lot of schools are scrambling this year, uh, either early in this, before kids go back to school or, or over the summer or before they left last year, trying to write policies saying, Hey, if you're caught doing this, we're going to consider that, uh, cheating just so, so that kids know. <laughs> so, so, uh, Bing has been around a long time from, uh, uh, Microsoft and they just, they just inserted AI and didn't tell anybody. Is that how it works? Well, they are a major investor behind the chat GPT uh, open AI engine. And so, yeah, they're now integrating that into some of their. Um, so, so I have I, be, not being a being user. I don't know if it's something you can optionally do or if it's just built into the search now. I suppose yeah. I could go to Bing.com and figure it out. Right. Well, I think what this kind of says, though, is that and I was concerned about this is that in the future, you, you buy a product name, you have no idea what's behind it. That there's not, they're not going to necessarily tell you that it's AI. Yeah. When you go to Bing.com, a banner pops up, introducing the new Bing, ask real questions, get complete answers. And so then they give you an example. I need to throw a dinner party for six people who are vegetarian. Can you suggest a three-course menu with a chocolate dessert? And then you can click on the Try It button, and it'll I, presumably tell you what it thinks. And theoretically, if it's an AI, it's not just a canned response. It's going to come up with a different thing for each time you do it. So you and I could both do it and probably get different things. Mm -hmm. Here's a second question. I'm planning a trip for our anniversary in September. What are some places we can go that are within a three-hour flight from London Heathrow? Uh, 
arts and crafts ideas with instructions for a toddler using only cardboard boxes, plastic bottles, paper, and a string. Sounds like MacGyver. I'm stuck in a room. I have <laughs> a tin can, elbow grease, and, and dental floss. How do I break out? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, okay. So it, it looks like it's just built into the search. So you type a search in and you and it'll do that. And then it has a chat bot up there so you can chat to it uh, like the chat GPT thing where you can ask specific questions directly to the AI. Um, yeah, I don't know. I haven't played around with that stuff too much. It's something I've been meaning to do. Um, probably do it some more. Let's see. Lenza is another one. Uh, what is that? It's a magic retouch that uh, takes your photos and supposedly makes them better. But uh, unlimited access costs you $50 a year if you want it. I think they probably let you do it uh, initially, you know, for free. But, uh, oh, there's a seven-day trial. That's what it is. Okay. Duolingo. Now, I actually had a subscription to Duolingo um, with the intention. I've got a lot of um, uh, Asian kids on my swim team that their first language is not English. And so I thought, you know, maybe if I learn... Uh, you know, Cantonese, I can uh, at least speak to them a little bit uh, and ended up doing nothing with it. So after a year of subscription, I canceled the subscription because I, you know, I bought it for a year. Um, but, uh, you know, I guess the AI is supposed to sort of assess where you're at and help you get better at it. Yeah. I don't know. Elsa is sort of the same thing, but only for people who are English as a second language. And you're trying to learn English, then English language speech assistant, i.e. Elsa, is available. And that's an, uh, an AI app. It would be interesting if the, these people who learn to speak a language using AI, they thought they were learning a language, but they learned something that nobody who speaks that language ever talks that way. Yeah. Well, you know, that's a lot of uh, book learned languages are that way anyway. You know, you took Spanish yeah. in high school and then try to, or Spanish in a Spanish class, then try to talk, talk to somebody who actually speaks Spanish and they look at you like you're an idiot. Because uh, yeah. it doesn't quite work that way. Let's see. Uh, Socratic is supposed to help you with your homework in areas of algebra, geometry, trig, calculus, biology, chemistry, physics, earth and environmental sciences, U.S. history, and literature. This is every teacher's nightmare because basically what it does is you give it a problem and then it explains the problem and the answer and the steps to get it. So those teachers that said, okay, you know, show me your work, now can put this well, in and then just transpose well, can, it can, and you, turn you, it you, into your teacher. You can just send a letter to all the math teachers is here's your, here's your replacement. <laughs> yeah. Well, not even to, not that it's going to replace the teachers, but it's like the kids are going to think, Oh, this is the quick and easy way to turn in my homework and get it right. As opposed to, Hey, maybe I should actually learn this stuff. So, yeah. you know, cause especially at certain ages of development, that's the motivation for a lot of kids. Wobot. What is that one? Let's see. I, I, I like the name for that one. Wobot. Yeah. It's like Elmer Fudd saying robot, right? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Cognitive behavioral therapy. Oh, this is right up my daughter's alley. Let's see. It's, uh, they, they don't call it a therapist, but if you feel you're struggling and you think you should seek professional help, you can maybe try Wobot. So Wobot is basically a behavioral therapist uh, for you, a, a virtual behavioral therapist. Okay. Hey, I, 
Hey, I could build. I could build software to do that. It just keeps saying over and over. I'm listening to you. Yeah. I'm, I'm listening. Yeah, and go why, ahead. Yeah, and why is it you think that? <laughs> <laughs> and why is it you think that? Huh? Yeah. Where yeah. do you think that stems from? Yeah, <laughs> self analysis basically. Otter AI, uh, automatically transcribing audio. Um, there's lots of good audio transcription stuff, but I can see how this might get better and better over time using uh, an AI that, you know, keeps improving, uh, self, self-improving there. Be My Eyes uh, allows blind people or low vision people to connect with a sighted Be My Eyes user over a video call uh, to help with daily challenges they may be facing. Now the company is integrating uh, ChatGPT4 to help users solve these problems without needing to call a sighted person first. With a virtual volunteer tool, the user can snap a picture of the problem and, and through AI, Be My Eyes can identify what's going in and attempt to assist them. I actually really like the idea of this even with the volunteers. Had I realized that before, I might look into volunteering. You know, I'd be happy to mm-hmm. have somebody, you know, do a, um, uh, a uh, FaceTime chat or, or a Skype chat and say, hey, yeah. you know, I'm looking at this. Which one is it? Is I, I need the, you know, XYZ. You know, and I can't see. I'm in the grocery store and I need oregano. It's the fourth bottle from the left. Thank you. And be done. Yeah. You know, that would be, yeah. I would love to help people that way. And I think that's very cool. That's, wow, what a great use of as, technology. As, and if as, AI can do it without, you know, trying to find somebody who's available to help them, even better. Yeah, but you got to trust everybody along the path here, see. Uh, they're not playing true. games. That's true. Although, <laughs> although that said, you know, I would bet that the person who's being helped can rape the helper and if you get home and the thoughts you had you know oregano and they they directed you to you know garlic yeah well first of all you'd know as soon as you open the bottle that it's wrong but you know you can then rank that person and say i i would bet there's something like that it's like this person is not reliable do not trust them they're screwing around with us yeah so which you know Somebody may think is funny, but not if the other person has an allergy to the garlic that you directed them to, and then they right. their face swells up. Yeah. Uh, Spectre. Ooh, this sounds very James Bondy. Yeah. Uh, from the people behind Halide, which is a very popular camera app. Um, let's see. Point your iPhone to a subject, choose the exposure time, then shoot. And as long as your iPhone is steady, AI will go to work. Over the coast of the exposure, it can essentially remove crowds, objects from it, and create a long streak of light, soften the exposure of moving water. So it just creates a an artificial photo for you, basically. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And then this last one is great. Boring report. News by AI. It, it <laughs> tells you the news the way that you would have heard it in the 50s, in black and white, with somebody smoking a cigarette on television, <laughs> No, it doesn't. It doesn't do all that. But it, 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 the idea is, is that it's going to um, remove all of the 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 uh, so-called news that is really opinion that's being peddled as news today, and yeah. just say this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened. Have a nice day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> which which honestly, it the last two are the two that are kind of the most well no the last uh the be my eyes one and the uh i did the specter one i thought was silly uh and then the the boring news report were the two that i thought were the most interesting to me anyway it's like you know what just tell me what happened i don't care about what you thought about it and then the be my eyes help somebody who who's not well sighted or sighted at all to see something 
tell them what tell them what you're looking at you know that's a yeah. great uh great thing you know you get your gold star for the day if you can help somebody pick the the tomatoes off the shelf yeah you know i have a question for you it just occurred to me mm-hmm. uh do you know you remember uh, when we started getting uh uh photos that you can actually lift the text off the page you know after you've uh-huh. looked at your pictures uh is that does that go back to people who had the old photos uh, apps or, or earlier iPhones and stuff? It it was only available to those whose phones went back to the OS that it worked on at the time when it was introduced. And I think that's only been in the last two versions of the OS. So probably nothing before like an iPhone 6. Um, I will say that like on my phone, if I look at a picture that was taken in 2015 and it had words in it, I can still go pull those words out, even though the photo was taken a long time ago. It doesn't matter when the photo was taken. It's just converting right. the current photo that's in the library. Right. It, yeah, it's, it's, it's recognizing the text in yeah. the photo. But, but it, could, it could depend on when the photo was taken if the quality of the photo wasn't such that it, it had the, the, um, enough visual data to discern it. You well, anyway... I mean? But anyway, but your, think, mo- uh, your mother has a seven, right? I think she has a six S. Well, it didn't convert to text. Yeah, that's because you haven't upgraded her phone like you said you were going to. Yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> you need to I, get her an SE because it's the same guts as your phone, but it looks just like her old phone. We've talked about this. Then she could do that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's motivation to do that because. I went to do that yeah. because she she wanted to know how I got this put put this address that was uh, uh-huh. actually actually it came from a, a message from your sister right you had uh, a photo and, of it and we got a photo of the right the direct thing with the address and I was uh-huh. uh, and she wanted to use it in the car because I'm not going today see I was supposed to take the boys I told you it yeah was. yeah so she needed and the so, address. Yeah, and she didn't want to have to hold the phone to do it. Right. So I haven't talked to her since she's been back. But anyway, yeah. I, I finally just ended up typing it in, which is one of the reasons it took, you know, longer right. for me to get it done. Yeah. Yeah, but, no. Okay, so her phone probably is not able to upgrade to that, that version of the OS. So it might be the most recent one. We haven't had that that long, but we probably had it. The, I know we've had it all this year. So, um, yeah, I, I use that feature all the time. I do too, and you assume that it always works, and mm-hmm. then and I picked up an older phone, and it didn't. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's real easy to forget which features came when in which version of the software, and yeah. then recently they announced at the you know at the uh, developers conference. Here's the 17 new things that your operating system is going to do, and then they come out with like you know version 1.0 of that version of the operating system. Oh right? yeah, not all of them, and, then and they not all of them are there. Out. And then they'll all dribble out you know with point upgrades, and so some of them you've had for a year, some of them you've only had for a few months, and then it's time to go to the next one. So some of them it takes them almost a year to get out, but. Um, so it's hard to remember when you got something versus when you didn't now. It's just getting difficult. But I will tell you that I use that um, the text photo thing all the time. I, I snap photos of things or I do screenshots of things because sometimes mm-hmm. there's a photo in a, on, on, you know, on a website or something that has information that I want. Or for whatever reason, they put it in a graphic instead of putting it in text. And so I can't copy it right there. So yep. I'll just do a screenshot of it and then I can grab it. 
Yep. And I do that all the time, and it's super, super useful. That's one of the best things they've invented. Yeah. Yeah. No, that is, is, you know, there used to be an app that did that way back, I mean, like, wow, 2012, something like that, 2013. There was an app. You could take a picture of something, and it would would tell you the text. And, in fact, it would even translate it. You could take a picture of of something that was in one language and then and tell it you wanted it in English and they would translate it for you and I thought that was super cool. Hmm. Um but it was it was a little flaky, it didn't work great, but it mean and and so I you know they haven't done that second part yet, but I'd sure like to see that live, you know, on the fly mm-hmm. translation. I know there's apps to do it. Google I think has one. Um so anyway. So how are we doing here? Um, I've got a few things left on my list here. Like one of them is <laughs> the ongoing fight with people who are bad about creating passwords. Did you know the yeah. number one password used in the United States is the word Pass- password? Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of apps and a lot of websites now that check for that and just tell you, no, you can't use that one. Pick a different one. They force you <laughs> to do something other than password or one, two, three, four, five, six. And um, and, a- and Apple has told me how many violations that I have, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, where I'm using the same password. It's like, yeah. or this password was in a uh, a uh, a data leak, and so you can't you you know don't use it anymore. You should go change it. Um, I don't know. I found they that got- there, you know, things like banking and stuff all have unique and difficult passwords for me. But things like, mm-hmm. uh, um, uh, you know, things like access to, um, well, for that a, a streaming thing. It's like. My password's not that tough for that one. I don't care. If somebody hacks it, it's like, I, I don't care. There's no skin off my nose. And, and you know, if it becomes an issue for the for the streaming company, they'll tell me and I'll go change the password. Uh, yeah. But, you know, it's like, I don't want a difficult to remember long password for that because they ask me to re-log in all the time. It's so irritating. I, 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 some of these, some of my streaming, like I don't watch that much on Netflix. And so almost every time I go to Netflix, it wants me to log in again. <laughs> and it's just, it's, it's irritating, yeah. you know? And, and, and the problem is, is I've got multiple streaming devices. You know, I've got my phone and my iPad. I have a fire tablet. I have multiple Apple TVs. I've got one in my office. Um, I've got, you know, living room, bedroom, guest room den you know and it's like and they're all older versions you know uh of it but but mm-hmm. i don't use i don't use some of them hardly at all but even the ones that i use i don't use that often and so it what? just seems like every time i sit down i have to put the dumb password again so i'm not going what? to make a complex hard to remember password i'm just weren't not we, weren't we supposed to have a solution to this long yeah, time ago that's why i wanted this up here because that was my question when are the stupid pass keys going to actually happen? Apple put compatibility in the operating system a while ago. Why? And it's supposed to be a, a, a industry-wide agreement. Apple and Google and Microsoft, everybody signed on. We're going to do pass keys. Where are the stupid mm-hmm. pass keys? Yeah. I don't want to remember a password. I want pass keys to work, you know? And at the bottom of this article, there's a, the final paragraph. It says, and soon... Passkeys might replace the whole system altogether if the tech giants get their way. And I'm like, soon isn't soon enough. We've got the <laughs> we, we've we've laid the foundation. Let's do this. Well, Pull the trigger. I want my face image or my fingerprint to be my passkey. 
Right. Well, and that's basically what pass keys are going to do. Is they're going to say your 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 access via via your your finger your your touch ID or your face ID will unlock you know your access to everything, and that the actual token that's passed back and forth is complex. Or, I'm sorry, very complex, and and handled by the computer, so you don't have to worry about it. And that way, it's hard to crack. It's the ultimate in security. It's you know it's. Yeah, you know, and so, you know, I think honestly, for that to happen, like on an Apple TV, they're probably going to have to put like a Touch ID sensor on the remote or something. Uh, although a lot of people use their phone uh, as the remote because yeah. the stupid remote is so tiny it keeps falling down inside the couch, yeah. um, and so people just use their phone anyway. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's irritating. Oh. There's a lot of little things that are irritating. There was something I was doing the other day, and what was? Oh, it was on the uh, on the Apple TV. I was on the Apple TV, and within Apple's ecosystem, you can subscribe to like Showtime or AMC or something like that. And the icon to to go to that subscription is a little round ball, and there's a row of them going across, showing the ones you subscribe on the left, and then there's a little bar that says, and here's the other ones that you could subscribe to if you wanted to, and there's, you know, and it goes off the screen, but you can scroll right and left. Mm -hmm. And that used to be, like, just off the main screen. If I just scrolled down a little bit, then I could pick the thing that I wanted to go to, like if I wanted to watch something on, on Paramount, say. And I have a subscription through Apple TV for Paramount, and I like that because I, they 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 had they own the Star Trek fan franchise, and there's Star Trek movies and Star Trek TV shows that I kind of like to watch every once in a while. Mm -hmm. To get to that dot, I launch Apple TV. I go right to my Apple you know window, and I and I have to hit the down button 13 times to see the dot, and then move to the right to click on it. And I'm like, oh. who designed this? Does Apple really want you to subscribe to anything? Do they want that money coming in, that revenue of, of me watching something that they sold me? Because 13 times they've moved it down the screen so far that I can't even get to it. Now, they do have a thing up at the top that says, you know, watched recently. And if there's a new episode, it'll pop up up there. So that say, hey, there's a new episode of this. But what if I just want to go scrolling through that, that particular app and, and find something? I have to go down 13 taps, and I'm sure somebody's going to say, "Oh, but you could just, you know, drag down and and." But that's such a a, um, you know, <laughs> a, a hammer to the wall type of thing as opposed to specifically pointing at what I want, because you never know how far you're going to scroll when you drag down. You know, yep, it's not as accurate for me. Um, I just was appalled. That, that's ridiculous. Well, I was appalled so much that I actually counted how many times I had to tap. That's how appalled I was. I kept going down and couldn't find it. So I finally went, when I did find it, I went back up the top and said, now, how far was that? And I counted 13 times tapping down to get to the, 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 the thing that I have a subscription for. And I'm like, really? And a whole bunch of it was, I was tapping through what was essentially advertisements for Apple series or Apple's, uh, major league soccer, Things they have a contract with uh, Major League Soccer, and they're really mm -hmm. pushing buying the subscription to watch soccer. Uh, yeah, you know. By the by the by the way, you know, Mom's been watching golf lately. 
golf is so screwed up now. I happened while she was watching and I was looking at the leaderboard and I says, I don't know any of those names up there. And I found a, uh, an article on, on my iPad about Ryder Cup because that listed all of the top ranked players and sixth of the top that are automatically in the Ryder Cup and then the next six they have to select from. Right. But it's so useful. And all of those good players are not playing on our TV channels anymore because they're owned by Liv. And, well, Liv, you know, Liv, and nobody wants to show Liv. Liv and PGA are merging. So it's well, going to be a don't care again. I don't know that that's true because it's not happening. Well, it hasn't happened for you. Well, but um, you know, the other thing I found is there's a whole bunch. Unless it's unless the 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 tournament you're watching happens to be a big name one, there's a whole bunch of people you don't know on in them. You know, the major tournaments always have the stars turn out. Yeah. Well, but anyway, if it's just a, a weekend tournament. Who knows? Hey, um, you showed or you put a link up to this thing called the Midnight Alarm, and it, and the title says "Leaves Apple's Clock App in the Dust." Yeah, I downloaded it and I don't like it at all. The midnight alarm. This is an alarm clock app like no other. Yeah, and I and and you're right. It's like no other because I literally cannot get the screen that's on the right shown here where it just shows me the time. <laughs> I, I can get to the, the screen that shows me the alarms. I can get to a screen that shows me a calendar. But I don't even see that it is a clock app because there's no freaking clock. There's no way to show that. Well, this is just a sales pitch, isn't it? I guess. I downloaded it. These, and these are different screens. I don't know. You know, it doesn't show you. They don't slide across is what you're saying. I'm yeah, I don't know. I I downloaded the app and looked at it and I was frustrated as all get out and deleted it. I just said this is a ridiculous app. It it's an alarm app. Well, I can already set an alarm and it works just fine. I don't know why their alarm yeah. would be better than anybody else's. Um and I've already got a calendar app that works fine. So I don't know that my alarms and my calendars need to be on the same app. Um and the alarm clock app doesn't I can't, I literally can't get to the screen that they show there. I saw no way to get to it. At the bottom of the screen, there's three icons. One of them is an alarm clock, and that just shows you how, where your alarms are and how to set them. There's a calendar icon, and then there's a settings icon, which is just a bunch of things where you can set, like, background colors and stuff like that. There's no way to make it show you the clock. You know, and the number one thing for me about an alarm clock is that when I lean, when, you know, at night when I look over there, I should see a clock. <laughs> and there's no clock. And so I yeah. just went, this thing's a piece of junk. And yet it shows it in the in the app photos, this this screen, <laughs> but there's no way to get to it. I don't know how to do that. And and I said, you know, if I have to think about it that much to try to figure out how to make the clock look like a clock, I don't want that clock. <laughs> so forget that clock. This is an April Fool's joke time. I guess. <laughs> I guess. A very early one or very late one, however you want to look uh, at it. So, yeah, I, I think I told you the other day I use uh, an alarm clock app that I'm very happy with called Nightstand. If you want a decent alarm clock app that actually is a clock, I recommend Nightstand. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Aura. The most trusted smart ring. 
I think they're the only smart ring out there. Well, there's probably some knockoffs. But anyway, instead of wearing a Fitbit or an Apple Watch, if you want to just wear a ring, Aura makes a ring for you. And you can wear it while you sleep, so it's much less obtrusive than, like, I, I sleep on my stomach with my hands up by my, you know, my, under my head or something, and the watch sometimes catches and it's uncomfortable. I don't really like sleeping with a watch on if I can help it. Um, and so I've thought about this Aura ring. As a way to go. The only problem for me is I don't like rings. I don't wear any rings either. So, so you know. But at three ninety nine, um, you know, it's a it's it's an expensive. Uh, yeah, yeah, way more to, expensive than a smartwatch, at least. Yeah, well, not more expensive than an <laughs> Apple smartwatch, but yeah. more more expensive than than Some. a lot of the Fitbits and stuff like that. The uh, yeah, three ninety nine. But it does it. You know, they've got a thing that checks your heart rate and your uh, pulse oxygen, so it checks your oxygen level. Uh, and it's got temperature sensors, so that it can tell if your body temperature changes significantly. Um, and it's primarily was designed for sleeping. But if you go to their website, uh, they now also track uh, all that stuff while you're exercising. So you know, it, it's got a full fitness story around the ring. Because, I mean, the sensors are the same sensors that you would have in one of these Fitbits. It's just in a ring. My question is, and I've not seen anything talk about it, is because it's a ring, it's pretty tiny. That means it has a pretty tiny battery. How often do you have to charge it? Yeah, because you don't change the battery. I know that. Right. Yeah, you don't change the battery in anything anymore. You so, just lay it, lay it on a magnetic charger, I suppose. Huh? No, it's that got was... a special little charger that is uh, got like a little post, and you just set the ring on the post. Uh, um, and now it may all, that may just be a way to hold it into the center of like a Qi charger. So maybe it's got a Qi, you know, maybe it works that way too. I don't, yeah. I don't see it. Uh, you know, it'd be nice if there was like, a, a I'm on their website. It'd be nice if there was a, um, a way to just like see the specs. I just want to see the specs, you know, how long mm -hmm. does the battery last? Uh, do, you know, does it get warm? Does it, you know, I don't know. I have simple questions. They don't seem to. They want. They they have a whole bunch of marketing material, but they don't really tell you. The other thing about this, by the way, is the only way to get it is to buy it directly from them. And when you order it, what they do is they send you a sizing kit first, and so it's basically plastic mock-ups of the ring in different sizes, so that you can figure out what size you wear, and you can wear it around for a day or two and say, yeah, that size fits me, that I'm comfortable with that, so that you get the right size. Uh, because like those, um, those uh, non-adjustable Apple watch bands that Apple came out with a while ago, you kind of got to know what's the right size for you, otherwise, you, you know, it's hard to buy. Because you can't adjust mm -hmm. it. You can't adjust a ring once you got it, unless it's a bubblegum ring, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, I thought it was an interesting idea. For some people, if you prefer wearing a ring or something less obtrusive than a than a wristwatch, that's fine. My guess is just because of the size of it that the, um, you know, you're going to have to charge it fairly regularly. Apparently, they sell it in some Best Buys, and they've got like a sizing kit in the Best Buy, so you can go there and try out, you know get the right size and everything and get it fit at a Best Buy, which makes sense. Um, I, I'm looking at their website. It's like they don't even seem to have like a, um, a frequently asked questions section, which is just annoying. Hmm. Just annoying as all get out, you know? They knew all the questions you had and they've answered them all on that page, right? No, they've not answered any of the questions that I have and don't have a place where I can <laughs> ask the questions, uh, which is annoying. I mean... You know, shop now, learn more. That's, oh, wait a minute. Maybe they'll learn more. 
Let me click on the Learn More button. Learn more about our aura. Uh, oh, well, they're from Finland, so obviously they're scientific. Um, that was sarcasm. Um, wow, they say they've sold a million rings worldwide. Uh, the company has about 475 employees. They've been in business for 10 years, and they uh, have 20 different PhDs working across in-house interdi interdisciplinary science team. Hmm. Uh, ba -do -ba -do -ba -do. This is, is this it? The $260 health ring fitness tracker? I don't know. I'm on Amazon here. Is it called Aura? O-U-R-A? Well, I'm looking, but I don't see that. That's it what I'm wondering. It might be a competitor. And apparently the reason that they're the reason that I found this anyway is because um, Samsung's getting ready to release or has hinted at releasing, or maybe they've already announced a smart ring. So they're going to come into this field and, and, and market against Aura. So Aura may not be long for this world if there's a really big company coming into this particular area. They anyway, there, there's another one for 179. Yeah. Different different smart ring. There's quite a few of them. There's a another one down below. Yeah. The question color. is, what you know, what do they do? You know, in a, a apples to apples comparison, do they? So anyway. Anyway, they're comparing themselves to these little fitness kinds of things. Now here's a ring for 99. Yeah. Te it says Tesla smart ring, Tesla key ring accessories. Key card, model Y, KFOB, replacement ceramic RFID smart ring for man. Yeah. Yeah, they, there are several of them that have the RFID things built into them so that they can use them to, uh, you know, there's uh, key cards that use RFID. And so yeah. you can program the ring. So that way you just put your hand up to it to unlock doors, including cars and things like that now. So I don't know. There's lots of different op options there as to how, you know, what they can do and how how they work. The other thing you with rings is you really want to kind of tell, I mean, A, that they fit, but what do they look like? You know, some of them can be awfully bulky and clunky looking on yeah. your finger, uh, even though in the picture they look like they're they're wonderful and new. So I don't know. You know, anyway. I suppose if you think you might be interested in this, maybe you could get one of these like you know cheap knockoff ones and, and wear it for a while and then decide if uh, if it works for you. Although it looks to me like some of them are just like RFID devices, and other ones others have sensors and stuff that do more information. I see one here that's yeah. uh, that does uh, let's see uh, health tracker records heart rate, temperature, blood ox, that kind of stuff, and it's only fifty five bucks. But uh, mm -hmm. But again, you know, who's to say that company is going to be here in 30 minutes? <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, this one this was 99 bucks. You can get it in white, pink, blue, or black. White, pink, blue, or black. Okay, well, yeah. that's an interesting. Interesting options, yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, anyway, we'll see. Anything else you want to talk about? I think we've covered enough today. I, and some new stuff that probably hadn't thought about, like yeah. this ring. I never even yeah. thought, thought that there was an electronic ring out there. Yeah, I had read about the Oro a while ago, um, but uh, you know, it didn't really appeal to me, not being a fan of wearing rings. But I think it's an area we should probably at least be aware of and talk about because it's certainly less you know, bulky yeah. and in the way than a watch. Um, but then it also, like I said, I think probably has the drawbacks of 
you know, the battery order, life can't be too long. When you order most of them, you're buying them by a uh, ring size. Sure. This one goes 6 through 12, so presumably those are standard numbers, and they mean mm-hmm. that they'll fit if you've got one that's the same number. Yeah. And I, I wonder, can, um, you know, if... Um, you know, I, I've not seen stats, but things like the the Apple Watch or the Fitbits, how much of the battery is used to just drive that little screen? And so when you put it into a ring and there's no screen, perhaps that, uh, you know, the battery lasts, lasts quite, quite a while. while. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I was looking here to see if I could find, you know, where there was some kind of an indication as to life, battery life or something, but I don't. I don't see it here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't see anything on the... Well, like I said, I was trying to find specs on the on the Aura page, and I just... They seem to want you to engage and read paragraphs rather than just give you data, and I really want just data. I just want... Just give me, like, uh, bullet points, you know? Well, Amazon has a pretty standard layout. If you go down, you get more details and stuff. Uh, but uh, but I didn't see anything in the interior on power, so yeah. or duration or whatever. So maybe it doesn't endure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They don't want to talk about that because it's a problem, and so they just refuse to even talk about it, huh? Yeah. Like gas. They do. They just, this one. They just happen to say only one is in stock. Order now. <laughs> that's like the uh, oh excuse me there's a um, I, I don't remember which booking agency it is but there's a commercial on TV about you know booking hotel rooms and uh, like four different guys go I got the last room <laughs> and then the guy goes yeah hotels sometimes um, pressure you into making a purchase by telling you that there's a limited availability <laughs> this uh, is it yeah yeah. Well, did you see how many cars were parked outside? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. And then after he after the commercial's over, they end with them going, well, I got the last ticket to the game. Another guy, so did I. <laughs> like, oh, great. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah, it's a cute commercial. And for That's the life of me, could obviously the commercial's memorable. Couldn't tell you which place it was for. I don't know if it was like for Booking.com or Trulicity or one of those, you know, one of those online booking agencies. I I had a question in my mind: why they call this one that I'm looking at now the Tesla ring? Well, they show a guy who's in the in a Tesla because you can see it on the steering wheel, mm-hmm. and he's reaching over and pointing to the screen. Now. Does Tesla have a ring that you need to wear in order to use their screen? No, Tesla doesn't, but they do have an RFID way to like unlock your device, your, your vehicle. And oh. so you could probably program one of these RFID rings to unlock your vehicle. And that way you don't have to carry a key with you. Uh, so maybe that was the reason for calling it a Tesla. Uh, yeah, Tesla specifically ring. designed to work with your, with your Tesla. Yeah. Okay. I thought it was just a marketing gimmick. Yeah. No, in fact, I've even read about some people who are these kind of extreme folks that go and get like an RFID thing embedded in their skin. So it's just with them and they can use that to unlock their house and unlock their car. 
I'm like, yeah, I'm not into body modification quite like that. I, modi- <laughs> I, I modify my body the old-fashioned way by overeating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go down to the bottom of this other ring here now and see if I can see anything on on it. Dang, I go down and down and down. All I get is more commercials. Mm-hmm. Well, this isn't. Nope. No, there's no information there. I know. I know. I went to Amazon first. That was the thing, and I don't. I didn't do that here. Yeah. Okay. That's the aura. I, I didn't find a button to push to buy it. Yeah, I don't think the aura is at least not not officially sold through Amazon. I think you have to buy it through um, through them, or apparently they did have a deal with Best Buy, so you could get it at a Best Buy store. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, Todd. Well, shall we? Why don't we call it a day and wrap this sucker up and uh, go on our merry way. Thanks for joining us on Generation Tech. This has been episode, what, 139, I think. Okay, bye-bye.